Thank you for listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. Please don't forget to like, rate, and review. And always remember, you can hear everything coming from the 13th floor. From the studios of 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on the 55th floor of CityPlex Towers, It is the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you for joining us today. And if you don't know who I am, I would like to introduce myself. I am the co-host of the Pat Jones Show on 97.1 The Sports Animal. That is in Tulsa, as you can tell by the introduction of this show. And we're on from 11 to 2, Monday through Friday, weekdays. I'd ask that you check us out. Um, if you're in green country, it's on 97.1, 96.1, or 101.1. We also have our app that you can download to our phone. And if you miss any part of that show, uh, we always podcast either on our app or on our website, sportsanimalradio.com. You're not listening for me. You're listening for my co-host, Pat Jones. Oklahoma State University coaching legend, Hall of Famer. Dude's in three different Hall of Fames, by the way. He's got stories for days. He's got insights you can't get anywhere else. And you'll just have a blast listening to us. We're a very highly entertaining show. So tune in. Tune in Monday through Friday. Tell us what you think of that show. Also, obviously, tell us what you think of this show by uh, subscribing, liking, and reviewing. We really want to hear your reviews because we're in the experimental phase right now. So by the time we get to football season, we want to have this thing up and running, but we need your input. So let me tell you what's coming up on today's show. We are here to praise Bob Bowlesby, not to bury him. If you listen to radio today, you know there's a lot of misinformation going around about this guy. He's being blamed for a lot of things he didn't do uh, when it comes to the current state of the Big 12. So during the first part of the show, we'll dispel those myths. Uh, you'll also hear from Dominic Richardson, Oklahoma State running back, and Jay Valai, the cornerbacks and Nicholsbacks coach at OU. We'll also tell you why the running backs are the most important position group at Oklahoma State outside the offensive line, and why Jay Valai is so important to OU and what's got fans excited about him. In the second part of the show, we're calling it Football 1000. We got that name because in college you have the 1,000-level the classes. We've got Sam Pittman, Arkansas coach. You know, you're saying, well, why on a Bedlam podcast would you have Sam Pittman? Well, one, he's the most fun coach to talk to in college football today. Plus, I ask him a question that currently has to do with the state of OU football right now. So we'll give you his answer on that. We'll also hear from Mike Gundy. And Mike Gundy will explain what an analyst does. If you've ever wondered what an analyst does, and they're all over college football today, All these coaching analysts, well, Mike Gundy will explain all that. So we'll get into it right now here on the Heartland College Sports Bedlam Podcast. And Bob Bowlesby, okay, this guy has been absolutely ripped on Oklahoma Sports Talk Radio today. If you're listening in Kansas or Iowa or any other part of Big 12 country, maybe you're down in DFW or out in West Texas I'd like to hear from you because I'd love to know what your opinion of Bob Bowlesby is. But here in Oklahoma, at least from the OU honks, there's not a high opinion of this guy. And I don't get it because the only reason the Big 12 is where it is right now, which is a sustainable conference, is because Bob Bowlesby inherited a mess and was able to straighten it all out. And if for no other reason, think back to this summer. 
Okay, right after Big 12 Media Days and the announcement came that OU and Texas were leaving for the SEC, the Big 12 stood on the brink of extinction. There was talk about Oklahoma State going to the Pac-12. There was talk, and, and this, this, ought to, this ought to really tell you where the Big 12 was. There was talk about the, um, the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, swallowing up what was left of the Big 12 to fly under that flag and become another power conference. But Bob Bowlesby is the guy that saved that. Bob Bowlesby did not let this conference get swallowed up. In fact, Bob Bowlesby went out. He got Central Florida. He got Cincinnati. He got Houston. He got Brigham Young. And now the Big 12 is not only talking about staying 12 teams when OU and Texas leave, but probably adding another two could be Colorado State, could be Boise State, and going to 14. All because this guy didn't stand pat and didn't let his conference completely get get lambasted the way that it did. Actually, there's probably a better word to use than that, but Bob Boltzby did not let the Big 12 fall prey to other conferences picking it apart after the SEC took OU in Texas. And here's the thing that we'll say about that real quick. There's nothing you could have done to keep OU in Texas from going to the SEC when the idea that the Southeastern Conference may make $100 million per school, or Southeastern Conference may make $100 million per school in the year 2029 or prior to that, there's no way OU and Texas were going to stay around. In fact, OU had been looking to leave for years. They got their out, and they took it. Texas got their out. They took it. You really can't blame both of them for doing that, but if you're a Big 12 fan, you got to be thankful that the conference isn't going away, and you're going to remain in the mix for playoff spots, whether it stays at four or expands. And here's some other myths we got to clear up about Bob Bowlesby. Uh, heard today, I heard today on a radio show, won't say what, what one, I heard Bob Bowlesby get blamed for Nebraska, Colorado, A&M, and Missouri all leaving. Okay, first and foremost, Nebraska left in 2010. Bob Bowlesby did not take over the Big 12 until 2012. That was Dan Beebe who was in charge when the conference fell apart, not Bob Bowlesby. No, Bob Bowlesby inherited a mess. Bob Bowlesby cleaned up that mess. And as far as A&M and Missouri goes, because Chuck Ninus was the interim athletic director, you know, after all this around 2011 or so, the wheels were already in motion for A&M and Missouri to leave. So Bowlesby couldn't have come in and stopped him if he wanted to. I heard him get blamed for West Virginia being in the conference, not Louisville. Again, 2011, Chuck Ninus in charge, not Bob Bowlesby. And the whole reason that West Virginia ended up in this conference instead of Louisville was because Texas was the ones that voted West Virginia in. They won out. Uh, there was talk, oh, you wanted Louisville, well, OU was split. David Bourne wanted Louisville. Joe Castiglione wanted West Virginia. There was talk about bringing them both in, but Texas had the loudest voice in the room. They ultimately won. Again, not Bob Bowlesby's part. And thinking about this from an Oklahoma State perspective, so to be selfish here for a second, and you're looking at what the future of this conference can mean. One, you're really hoping that a guy like Kirby Hocutt, who is the current athletic director out of Texas Tech, is the guy that gets this job. 
He's one of the people being mentioned for it. He is a Big 12. I, I mean, what would you call them? He's a Big 12. He's not a Big 12 original. I mean, he wasn't here when Tech came into the conference, but he is, I guess, a part of one of the Big 12 original schools at looking what the Big 12 became. And he's going to have Tech's and Oklahoma State and K-State's best interest. He's the type of guy that will tell OU and Texas to go pound sand if they're trying to get out a little bit early, trying to cut down on that buyout. He'd be perfect for Oklahoma State. I mean, unless you want to give up Chad Weiberg, and I don't think that there's any Oklahoma State fans right now anxious to see Chad Weiberg leave that athletic director spot. In fact, that would be really bad for Oklahoma State, so let's hope that that doesn't happen. As good as he is, you want him right where you have him right now. From an Oklahoma perspective, as you start to get out and start to look at going to the Southeastern Conference, somehow, some way, you might want to backdoor your way into having a say of who the next conference commissioner is going to be. Oliver Luck's name came up. And Oliver Luck is a very affable guy, former athletic director at West Virginia, certainly knows the conference. Uh, is a guy that was, I mean, for, for whatever you want to take it, he was the commissioner of the XFL, and it certainly wasn't his fault that that thing went belly up. Very well respected. But Oliver Luck, from an OU standpoint, if you're Joe Castiglione and you've got a good relationship with him, he might be able to work with you in Texas. He might be willing to take less than the $80 million you owe so you can leave early. Maybe not. It's a lot of pressure. You're going to be under a lot of pressure from the OSUs and Iowa States of the world to make sure that that doesn't happen. But you might, he might be a guy that you could kind of twist into that situation. That would be the best thing for you. And there's also, I mean, don't forget this name, okay? When you're looking for a new Big 12 commissioner, don't sleep on Chris Del Cani because that situation at Texas is never stable. You're never on solid footing. You've always got... The people that write the checks want to be the ones that call the shots. Your football program is is disheveled right now, to say the least. Actually, it's just about, as my co-host likes to say, car is about in the ditch there for Texas. And there's a lot of pressure on you because Steve Sarkeesian hasn't worked out like you thought it was going to work out well. You know the conference really well. You might want to take a look at what's going on, and you're thinking, yeah, you know what, I could jump. I could jump, I could leave, I, I I could go back to the Big 12 and help these other schools out, and uh, I could also be really mean to my old University of Texas if I needed to just to get a much more stable job. So I I don't get it. I have a lot of respect for Bob Bowlesby. He certainly loved the conference. Uh, it hurt him, deeply hurt him, when OU and Texas decided that they were going out on their own and left him in the dark, which... As much as it hurt him, I've got to say it's business. When you're going to break up with someone, you don't tell them, I'm thinking about breaking up with you. As nice as it would be to give them a warning, you just break up with them. And we've we've all been on that side. Kind of the same like being fired. Hate to bring that up, but it's happened to us before. Definitely happened to me. I hope it didn't happen to you, but it happened to me. And if it did happen to you, you know what I'm talking about. So, this thing with Bob Bowlesby, to, to criticize him and say the Big 12 is in worse shape than when he left, than when he got it. No, it's in better shape than when he got it, or as good a shape as it can be. As far as other schools coming in, it was David Boren who wanted to bring in people like Tulane 
And the whole reason that that didn't happen is because the presidents, not Bob Bowlesby, the presidents voted not to bring them in because they weren't going to increase the value of the conference money-wise. And they didn't want to they didn't want to do a situation where they were going to have to to take less than what they were already getting from their payout. So, I mean, come on, lay off Bob Bowlesby. Give this guy a break. Give this guy the credit that he deserves for, for keeping the Big 12 together. And if look, if you thought he should go raid other conferences, I, I would ask you, you know, who would Bob Bowlesby have gotten while he was in power? Arizona, Arizona State. We always heard those rumors, but chances are if those guys were going to leave the Pac-12, they would have done what OU and Texas did. Okay, they would have, and, and that just never happened. So Bob Bowlesby, as far as I'm concerned, you deserve a standing ovation. And because of the current state of college athletics, I don't think we can really blame you for jumping out. Let's jump into some happier news now. Or I, you know, and, and for me, this is happier news. Dominic Richardson is now the old man in the room. <laughs> He's the old man in the room when it comes to Oklahoma State running backs. Although don't here's a guy to keep an eye on ollie gordon uh 6-1 kid out of uh eulish trinity 6-1 210 pounds from everything that we're hearing this guy looks like a man child and if you've seen him on film he's fast he runs through contact can't wait to see this kid in a spring game but whether it's him or dominic richardson or any one of the other osu running backs that are getting the carry. They are the second most important position group in Stillwater this year, aside from the offensive line, because you cannot run Spencer Sanders 80% of the time when you don't have depth at quarterback. Losing Shane Illingworth limited you on that. So if you're going to run more ball control offense like you did last year, and I know that we've heard that Casey Dunn and Mike Gundy want to open it up, But if you're going to run more ball control offense, you need durable running backs. And Dominic Richardson could certainly be that guy. And I think right now he's just happy to be a leader at Oklahoma State. Uh, It's it's different for sure. I mean, being like the leader of the group, it's it's, it's a big difference, honestly. I used to go to Chuba, LD, Jalen, learning from them. And uh, I learned a lot from them, actually. And uh, just being like the leader and just showing them what's right and wrong. And just being a leader to, to them, that, that means a lot to me. Brent Venables isn't the only coach injecting new life into the OU football program. One of the guys on the staff that certainly has the media's attention and has has fans excited is Jay Valai. He is the cornerbacks coach. He also deals with the nickelbacks. Uh, this is a guy that, God, man, he was a defensive quality control coach at Georgia. Spent a year at Alabama. He's got NFL experience, and let's face it, the guy looks really good in a T-shirt. Looks better than either you or I. Didn't, doesn't matter how much, how long you spend at the gym. You don't look at you don't. You're never going to look as good as he is. It's tough. It's just the way it goes for all of us. But Jay Valai has a lot of fans excited, and part of the reason that that he has fans excited one is just that hope that the defensive backs are going to be better than what they've been in about eight years at OU. And the fact that he's already got a previous relationship uh, with some of o, with some of OU's uh, defensive backs, DJ Graham being being one of them, because he had had a because DJ Graham from the DFW area and Jay Valai had had a you know had had a, a performance center that he set up in the DFW area after he was done with his playing days. Well, this guy he he is extremely 
enthusiastic about his job, which definitely you need that from OU. And when it comes, he was asked earlier this week by Eric Bailey, what is the difference between OU and Texas? Because remember, he was at Texas too. If I didn't mention that, I uh, wanted to mention he was at Texas one year under Tom Herman. Well, he talked about the differences and used a key word that you're hearing a lot around Norman. You always want to recruit to, to your, what foundation you want as a program, right? And uh, one thing, seeing the way, you know, Coach V's really established it here, you know, you recruit, you know, your champions, you also recruit your problems. So it's a two-way street in recruiting. And the guys are we've been pushing on and focused on and really going towards, we want to make sure their mindset and mentality and disposition fits with our culture. Because when you're playing OU, you're not, you know, you're not fighting a team, you're facing a culture. You know, it's a, it's a culture you're going against in everything we do. So, you know, we don't want to weaken that culture or bring people who don't fit with us. And guys who do can keep building and climbing and, and create what uh, the man coach Vinny loves, and that's what we want here in this program. Yeah, you're going to hear that word culture a ton around Norman for the next few months. And what exactly does that mean? You think that's something that you, you've got a grasp on or we as the media ha- have a grasp on? What does it mean to have a tough physical culture. Well, we think we know what it means. We could probably talk about it at a bar, but why take my word for it? Up next, we'll talk about building a tough culture with Arkansas's head coach, Sam Pittman. You're listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. Welcome back to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners doing their best to install a physically tough culture down at Oklahoma and a mentally tough culture down at Oklahoma as well. And if you want the best example of that in college football today, look no further than Fayetteville, Arkansas and Sam Pittman and what he has done there. Just two years ago, the Hogs were a whopping 2-10. and 2-10. and 10. They were getting beat by the likes of San Jose State. Insert Sam Pittman. You had the COVID year, and then this year, they end up going to a bowl game. And in one season, they beat LSU, they beat Auburn, they beat Texas A&M, and they beat their former arch rivals, Texas. There's a reason everybody's celebrating in Fayetteville. And the thing you got to love about Sam is that he is not going to let Arkansas rest on their laurels. He's going to continue to instill toughness into these kids and tell them, or at least remind them how they got to where they were. And this is what Brent Venables wants to copy at o- OU. And let's not forget there are you know key differences. You know Sam was a former offensive line coach, so he's going to demand that Kendall Bryles, who worked with Jeff Levy at Baylor, by the way, be a little tougher, be a little bit more physical running the ball. And they've got a quarterback in K.J. Jefferson to do it. Not exactly OU, where Brent Venables is a defensive coordinator and he's going to be involved, what did he say, about you know, 70, 30, 85, 25, what, whatever the split was uh, from offense to defense or, de- or defense to offense. So it won't look exactly like that, but essentially the goals are the same. So had a chance to talk with Sam Pittman today, who's the most fun guy to talk to in college football, and I ask him, how do you build a tough culture from the ground up? Well, I think you have to talk- hire coaches that believe the same thing because you're, you're, you're not going to have a tough group of kids if your coaches are soft. I mean, I think I think you have to have to have that buy-in first. And then, you know, like we would put on uh, tape all the time of somebody not having cheap shot but having a physical play. Somebody, and then we would do it as a group, uh, showing them uh, – 
running through the football or wide receivers out there giving extra effort on blocking and things of that nature. And we didn't we didn't make a big deal out of we never made a big deal out of individuals. We made a big deal out of team. Mm-hmm. And and it always you know, I very rarely, very, very, very seldom single out unless I'm asked a question about a young man, I very rarely single out a guy. It's always a side of the it's always a team or a side of the ball. And I think that's helped us because they know that we can't talk positive about the entire team if the entire team isn't tough or if they're not playing hard. So I don't know. That's just old philosophy of mine. Well, that's why it's it's the ultimate team game. You know, we it's it, it, you know you, you you break one off for ninety yards, and if one guy lines up wrong or jumps off sides, it comes back, doesn't it? A hundred percent. And if, if nobody blocks for the guy, I mean, I ain't never seen a guy make eleven guys miss. Now I've seen some pretty good players make seven or eight of them miss, but somebody got to do something out there to help that old old kid get in the end zone. So. Uh, you know, we, we're still old school where I want them to go find the linemen, find the wide receivers sure. if they score. You know, I, I, I think it, I think it makes it, I think it makes you a better football team. And, uh, you know, I keep telling them, Hey, you want to look good. You want to do something and do your job. You do your job and people will know who you are. If you don't, people, everybody, nobody know who you are, you know? Dude. And so we'll figure that out, I guess. Do players have? Do players, especially on defense, have more fun when physicality's being stressed? Well, you're talking to an old offensive line coach, so I'm going to say no. But but you can see it. Uh, you know, you can see it on film. I think you know they have free reign. You know, if you're an offensive lineman, the ball is in front of you. In other words, the ball is a three technique to the linebacker or whatever. On defense, the ball is the ball. So you're chasing. You you have an ability to show more athletic um, you know, athleticism. You you have the ability to run, and, and a group of people running to the ball is really, really powerful. And uh, so in that aspect, you're probably 100% right. Another thing that Brent Venables and Sam Pittman have in common are players that are very versatile, the Swiss Army Knife type guys, where Brent Venables will go out and look for those guys. I mean, guys that can play, you know, obviously multiple positions on defense is – you know, well as offense, and Arkansas certainly has one on offense. Um, and Malik Hornsby, who was a highly recruited quarterback, who's going to play receiver this year, and just because of his speed, will have a chance to get on the field. And we did ask him about Jaden Hazelwood, just in case uh, you, as an OU fan, were wondering. Jaden Jaden Hazelwood's doing well at Arkansas. His shoulder got a little knocked down, but they believe he's going to be able to play in the slot and be very effective. Since we are into the Football 1000 segment of this podcast, we want to talk a little bit about analysts. Okay, maybe you've wondered exactly what analysts do. If you look at Alabama, they've got a million of them. Mike Gundy's done a really good job of hiring analysts, by the way. Uh, Gary Gibbs, Chris Thurman, both guys that have got just a ton of college football experience. Gary Gibbs, obviously, uh, former OU head coach. He's not around the program as much as he used to be at Oklahoma State, but his presence is still there. But you're wondering what these guys do. I mean, what do they do? Watch film all day? Do they, you know, how do they break down film? Well, look, I could explain it to you. I know that they do a lot of cut-ups and get those things ready, and they come up with a game plan. You know what? I'm over-explaining it. Let's let Mike Gundy do that. I think, you guys can check this, I think I was the first coach to hire an analyst at any position. 
somebody needs to check that. But when I hired Bill Clay, I think that I was the first coach that hired an, uh, an analyst in the country. And uh, I followed up a few years later with a special teams analyst. Maybe somebody was ahead of me. I don't know, but I didn't know about it. make that decision what what do you think has been the benefit of having analysts like that on staff well those guys can do um so it would be like somebody doing all the legwork that you do when i see you over here at the high school games and doing that and taking pictures and writing notes and getting stories and talking to the players and then go back and write your story or whatever you wouldn't have to do any of that all you have to do is write your story Right. I mean, just all the airplanes that y'all been in and stuff and all the all that. Essentially, that's what an analyst does is they present a package each week to the offensive staff, the defensive staff and the special team staff. And then they present one to me and they do all of the legwork except um, the final put it together and then go coach if it. Sam Pittman is the most fun guy to talk to in college football, Mike Gundy is the most interesting. I love the fact that when you talk to Mike Gundy, you learn things. And he talks to you in a way that is in plain English. He didn't get all football. He didn't, he didn't go nuts with the terminology. Like so many coaches like to today to prove how smart they are. And not look, not to rag on you know other media guys, but there are a lot of media guys that love to glom onto that and tell you how smart they are. Fact of the matter is, is we're just dudes talking sports. We are just like you. And I know fans sometimes eat that up. I was always taught, say it in plain English. That's why I love Mike Gundy. But all that came up because of N.K. Taylor special teams coach, uh, analyst out there at Oklahoma State. But Mike Gundy, like if you can get him talking long enough, you will learn stuff. And the other thing with the analyst, you know, as I digress here, that need to be mentioned is what they'll free other coaches up to do. One, you get an opportunity to have more team meetings, spend more one-on-one time with your players. If you're a position coach, if you're a coordinator, gives you an opportunity to make scripts whether it's for practice that day or work out the game plan, as long as you don't, if you're not having to look at situational film the way that a lot of these analysts do, you know, what do they do on third down? What do they do special teams wise? So that's just one of the reasons why why those positions have become so valued in college football today. Thank you for listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. I'm Eric G. Say, may God bless you and your family. Quote the great Jackie Moon, everybody love everybody. And from the Foo Fighters, one of these days, you will forget to hope and learn to fear. Talk to you next week.